0: Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, how was, your, uh, how was the long weekend? How'd that treat you? It was really good, man. Got to watch some good
1: basketball. Uh, I ended up, you know how I said I wasn't going to do anything? I ended up going to a party and having to cancel going to a second one, so I'm more popular than I thought I was. But uh, <laughs> it was good, man. How about you? That's a sick humble brag. Like, it, I, n- n- <laughs> <laughs> it's really not man it's really not it's like it's like friends of my girlfriend type thing is what i ended up at which is about how it usually works out
0: hey man that's that's one of the that's one of the perks of having a girlfriend is that like you get a whole n- another group of friends that you get to that you get to call your own and, can, and what's good is that i actually like this group because that
1: always oh, doesn't always work out that way yeah. with girlfriend right so we seem to get along pretty
0: well so yeah yep. i'll go <laughs> all right well uh, I'm 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 happy to hear that you can that you can brag about the number of friends you have and the ever expanding number of friends. I just I was stuck at a casino all weekend with friends. I I can't lie. Um, we're gonna today's show <laughs> today's show uh, we're gonna talk about what we just watched. Uh, we we're gonna talk about the uh, Warriors and Rockets series and how that wrapped up and and the Celtics and LeBron. Um, and and we're going to relate it all back to the Lakers in in a couple ways. One is which guys on the Lakers could we see actually participating and holding their own in series like we just saw, uh, spe- specifically the Warriors and and Rockets one because those are the kind of teams that the Lakers are going to have to go through. And then like the other thing that I, I was thinking the whole time was like it's crazy to me that that there's a faction of Laker fans who are just out on LeBron and you watch him beat the Celtics single-handedly and I'm just watching that and it's already a take that I've never really been able to wrap my head around but as it was going on I was thinking who wouldn't want to watch this guy on their team every single night uh, for the next three or four years like that'd be that'd be a lot of fun so Those are the two topics we're going to get to, and then we'll see where the conversation takes us all over the place anyway. As always, make sure you guys are following the show on Megaphone slash Panoply, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, Silver Screen and Roll, Lakers Outsiders. You can follow me on Twitter at Antonio in LA. You can follow Pete on Twitter at Laker Film Room, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Lakers. Another reminder, by the way, to get those reviews in to iTunes so that every Sunday, or in this last case, Tuesday – uh, I can I can hop in there and, and answer those and, and if there's anything that you want Pete to talk about specifically just mention that and I'll and I'll extend the conversation past the one show and, and Pete and I will will discuss that stuff as well. Uh, all right, Pete. So what you're, you're watching the the Warriors and the Rockets play and like for me the first takeaway was holy crap this is fast. Right, and even even if the even if the pace slowed down as it tends to in the playoffs, it it was just there was just an efficiency to the way people kind of move around on the court in this series, and and that to me is where the Lakers are are going to have to collectively kind of catch up. Right, and and was I when you were watching it? What was what was your first takeaway as as those games are going on?
1: I think those are the two teams that are kind of pushing the game forward more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. They're
0: the two teams that switch the most
1: and that are most capable of switching. The Lakers were number three, so I think that's good. I think that's good in terms of how they, uh, you know, project going forward defensively. One of the things I, I tweeted this out, you know, about a week ago, is that the two types of players that really struggled. In, on defensively in these playoffs were bigs who weren't mobile enough to st- stick with guys on the perimeter, whether it was on a switch or just hedging on pick and rolls, you know, off ball, you know, down screens. Can you prevent Clay Thompson from getting a clean look coming off of the screen that your guy sets those type of plays or guys that were too little to defend guys on switches down low? You know, we've seen and Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant, but, you know, we saw him shooting over the top of smaller guys with with ease and and there were a couple of other situations in these playoffs where that happened especially in this series. So the good news for me is that none of the Lakers fit that category. Mm-hmm. The my biggest concern is this young core shooting is not a strength. It's not uh, something where they've got a bunch of snipers. Kuzma's the only guy where I'm like, yeah, that guy from a shooting perspective is already where he would need to be to be, and and Josh Hart, right? Uh, where they need to be in order to compete in a series like that from
0: a shooting perspective. Bigger question marks for Alonzo and Ingram. Yeah, the, the shooting, especially, it really stands out. Where you know, in in, in both of those series, you get guys, certain guys, catch the ball on the perimeter, and you just say, "Yeah, that's that's a bucket." You know that they, they catch it with a little bit of space. And you just kind of go well. <laughs> time to get back on defense. And you know what's kind of
1: you know what's kind of interesting, Anthony, is and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but if I'm remembering correctly, Lonzo Ball was actually in the 49th percentile as a spot up shooter this year. Part of the problem of Lonzo's shooting is he had to take too many off the dribble threes, which mm-hmm. he had a harder time with. Um, but if you put him in spot up situations, which I've been banging the drum on that ever since he's been drafted, he was actually passable on that between the ability to spot up and attack the closeout. So I think there's probably more there. It's just that Lonzo ha- had to be more on ball than I think his game really suits, at least in half-court situations.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's like we've talked about throughout the the those reviews, right, is that we weren't able to get a full grasp of what the Lakers offense, what Luke Walton wants the Lakers offense to be, because there was such a focus on defense, and then there was the health issues and all that. And I would... I completely agree that I would hope uh, next season, um, and now, and like if LeBron comes or Durant comes or whatever, uh, Paul George comes, you'll you'll see Lonzo off the ball more anyway because those guys are so efficient with the ball. But, but yeah, that's one thing that the Lakers can kind of point to, and Laker fans can kind of point to is yeah, that's a, that's a place where we can improve. Uh, we're going to take a quick second here when we come back. We'll continue this conversation about who could fit in where in the in series like we just saw. The other, the other thing that, as I was watching, that really came to mind was, wow, I really want to see Julius Randall in a series like this. And For sure, man. He's the guy that, like, he would really wreck shop in this type of series.
1: You know, like, I... It, the only thing you know the shooting is obviously a concern for him but even going to the Eastern Conference Finals I don't see why if Tristan Thompson can be a starting center in an NBA Eastern Conference or Conference Finals series why Julius Randle can't be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's not a shooter either and Randle he doesn't rebound quite the way that, that Thompson does but Randle is perfectly capable of doing a lot of other things that can exploit those like smaller lineups and things
0: like that. He Meaning Randall is endlessly better around the rim than Tristan Thompson. Like I I I watch I still to this day, dude, I can't figure out which hand Tristan Thompson uses. Like he which he prefers. <laughs> He's like no handed, right? <laughs> and it's not like yeah, it's not in a good Got sense you offhand. Of, Yeah, it's 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 not in a good way where like you see you know, Steph or Kyrie around the rim and they can go right or left handed and, and it looks perfectly smoothy the way. Like Tristan Thompson's around the rim and I'm just like what the hell, (laughs) what are you, what are you even trying to do? And, and, and Randall to his credit now, he, he is very, very strongly left-handed left-hand dominant, but, but he still makes it work. And somebody who is able to move around on the perimeter and also finish and punish smaller guys inside, like that's, that's worth his weight in gold. And I would have, I would love to see how that would go down in a series like this, is there any other player in particular who you would, who you just, you really want to see in this kind of setting?
1: I mean, I want to see all of them, right? That's one,
0: one (laughs) bit of jealousy jealousy that I had was, uh, you know,
1: Boston and Phillies, young guys getting a certain type of experience that the Lakers guys weren't getting. I think that's, pushes forth development there's just a level of intensity like if you watch those game sevens like both of them were nuts and that's what and they're always like Mm -hmm. you know everyone shoots like crap because defensively the intensity level is is just off the charts you don't get any better than that and i think that that's great to go through that and then you know for a guy like tatum for example to play well but kind of feel the failure and feel like oh, this is the level that I need to reach and, like, actually experience it rather than, you know, watch it on TV. I think that that's important. But in terms of, like, guys that would be able to play in that the Lakers currently have, I mean, Ingram would be okay in that. In that we, We've talked about kind of his, you know, Swiss Army knifeness. He can't really get schemed out of doing what you want to do. You know, it, it, I, I wonder if he can shoot well enough, but I think he provides enough on both ends to where he'd be able to at least be on the court. I want to say Kuzma, but you can't have it, – it'd have to be against a team like the Rockets where you don't have much in the ways of guys who can bully you on the inside and score on the inside. Capella does, but that's off of rebounds. My concern with Kuzma is defensively. Offensively, I think Kuzma can hang. But And then Josh Hart is a guy that I think you could – Play like he doesn't have a huge ceiling or anything, but I think you could play him in those type of series right away. In the way that guys like Jordan Bell were playing in those, how about you? What do you see? Like kind of from the young guys, where do they fit in in terms of being able to participate in these types of games?
0: If Josh Hart was like a Spur or a Golden State Warrior or a Houston Rockets, well, especially Warriors, Spur, right or Celtic, everybody would be talking. Oh, they did it again they found this, they found this late draft gold or whatever, (laughs) you know? And, and yeah, he would, he to me is the guy who I, I I think is the most ready made, like everybody else kind of has to figure something out. Maybe Randall to a lesser extent than the others, like Lonzo. I need to see him prove a little bit more being a spot up shooter and Kuzma's defense. But I think Josh Hart to me is the guy who is, who is the most ready made and, and ready to participate in this kind of thing and, and not look like he doesn't belong. Uh, the other question I have about Lonzo is all of everybody knows this. This is a a cliche of all cliches is that in the playoffs, the game slows down and Lonzo is the kind of guy who, you know, he uses that hit ahead pass to get the game to speed up. He is very good at at getting into the offense as quickly as possible. So that's, you know, from uh, defensively, I think he'd be fine. I think he'd be great Uh, offensively. The, the pace and and the type of style that he seems to want to play most often that that concerns me a little bit now again it, it's all it's all based on who his teammates are right like if if LeBron is his teammate well the game's going to slow down because the ball's going to be in LeBron's hands and and LeBron takes the air out of the ball um, if he's on the Warriors if Stephis is his, is his uh, counterpart out there well just just give Steph space just utilize the space that Steph gives you and you try to make it work but if it's like a Lonzo dominant team I think it still remains to be seen if the way that he seems to like to play would actually work out in the playoffs
1: well, I, I think that if you have a Lonzo dominant team, you've constructed the team incorrectly in the first place. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's ever what Lonzo is supposed to be. I don't think that even like I'm, I'm a huge supporter of his and I, I think very highly of him. And I think that I, I don't think he's ever going to average 20 points a game in, mm-hmm. in the NBA. And that's OK. He's wonderful in so many different aspects of the game that are outside of the box score, even inside of the box score, but are not related to scoring. Like, I'd be surprised if he's ever better than the third or fourth highest scorer on a really good team. But I think that he really helps those guys that are next to you. So, you know, when the game does slow down, I have those concerns too, is, is, can he be a reliable spot up shooter? And can he be adequate in the pick and roll? I think those are the two kind of thresholds he needs to meet. I don't think he needs to be a great pick and roll player because again, I don't think he needs to be the guy that's dominating the ball in the half court. I do think he needs to be able to finish off of those guys creation. And then you get into the ability to finish on the rim, around the rim off of attacking closeouts, things like that. So yeah, I definitely have my concerns about Lonzo in the half court. I also knew when they drafted him, like you drafted this really, really unconventional player. That's going to be learning some very basic things on the NBA level. And there's going to be some failures that go along with that at the beginning. And I think we saw that in the first year. And for me, like he's still well within the where I expected him to be at this point, considering his, you know, very unusual basketball upbringing.
0: All right, we're going to take one last break here, and when we come back, uh, I've been debating whether or not I was going to run this theory by Pete, but I'm going to Pete. You you signed up for the show, so you're stuck with my crazy conspiracy theories, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lob the latest one to you, and you can yell at me if you like. So one of the things that I've kind of noticed in especially Durant right like i just i don't think you set up burner accounts to go at the haters if you're in a good place in your life right and and you know you would think that winning solves everything and the amount of winning and the amount of success that that Durant is enjoying with Golden State would kind of set him straight but all of the you know i i never regret what my decision was or you know having to tell everybody at every turn to to basically f off all of those things to me point to somebody who, who isn't in the best spot. And you know, one of one of the things that I, I think is is the case with all of these NBA guys. Like they all have egos. They all they all uh, are insanely competitive. And the fact that it's so obviously Steph's team, despite Durant being the more talented individual player, and then the next more popular guy on that team is probably Draymond. And then there's Clay Thompson, who everybody seems to like. And then there's KD, right? And so on this team that he is a finals MVP for, he is probably the most talented individual player. He is maybe the fourth most popular guy on the team. And that's before you get to, like, cult heroes like Kevon Looney and Jordan Bell and those kinds of guys. And, and I, I just I, I can't help but kind of watch – Durant play and the success that he has is is almost, for the lack of a better term, thankless. And I, I he's a free agent this upcoming year, and I can't help but wonder or watch really closely how he handles these finals. And so my question to you, Pete, is what what number do you think he'll weigh for, wear for the Lakers next year?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is what Katie signed up for. Yeah. I, like him not being the embraced golden child no pun intended Mm -hmm. of the warriors like that's what you signed up for when you signed with the 73 win team that beat you in the conference finals yep like you get to win you get to you know win a finals mvp maybe another one this year you get all of this team success but in doing that when you joined a team that won the most games in nba history and a title the year before like this is what you signed up for Like, to be perceived as a mercenary. Like, this is one of the few, like, I feel like my old man juice is kind of, like, bubbling up in in anger. Like, I don't get these dudes. Like, could you imagine if Larry Bird
0: signed to play with Magic Johnson? Yeah, that probably wouldn't have gone over very well.
1: That's just gross, man. Yeah. You know? and And, you know, like... You were talking about how competitive these guys are. That's one thing that irks me. Frankly, what I would love to see them do, and I know this is getting a little off on a tangent, but Mm -hmm. I would love to see them eliminate the max player salary. Yeah. If you want to get rid of super teams, this is the fourth year in a row with the same finals teams. Yeah. That's never happened before. It's never even happened three times in a row with the same two teams. And now we're on year four of Golden State-Cleveland. If you want to get rid of these super teams – be like, hey, you've got your $110 million – or I'm sorry, it's, this year it's going to be $101, 102 in the salary cap. Work with that. If you want to pay LeBron $80 million a year, cool. You've got $20 million bucks to operate for the rest of your roster. And I feel like that's what's kind of created this dynamic. But a- again, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't understand the like, – you can't – KD can't complain about that. Because that's exactly what he signed up for. In terms of him coming to LA, yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible. I think that their Golden State's vulnerable. I, I think that you know they're gonna. I think they're gonna beat Cleveland this year. But do they have another year in them? Houston almost got him, mm-hmm. and if Chris Paul was healthy, you could make a pretty good argument that they would have. And just the toll of making four finals in a row, Lakers did that. And then the following year was that sweep against the Mavericks. It's a lot of freaking basketball games. So I don't know, man. Like, I, I guess KD to LA is a possibility, but I couldn't see KD and LeBron coming if that's what KD's problem is. You know what I mean? Like, because then it'll be second fiddle to LeBron.
0: Yeah. I, all right. So uh, this is the other aspect of, of my thinking here was I really don't think whoever wins the title affects their decision at all. Like i I yeah, Le- I agree with that. LeBron yeah. already won one, like he 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 got his title in Cleveland, so if he wins another one, it's like, well, yeah, all right, you're welcome, you know, well, <laughs> and, and they shouldn't even be in the finals, like the fact that yeah. they're, there is a remarkable accomplishment, yeah, in the first place and and so you have that going on in Cleveland, and, and LeBron is going to make his choice, and I don't think however these finals go is going to change that, and like with Dur- with Durant, if he wins a title, it's like I talked about it. it's just another thankless title that he won for Steph. You know, and now that's a good point that you made. If 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 both of them become available, that it's hard to see Durant signing up to be second fiddle somewhere else. Um, and and the other thing too with Durant is he he's running out of reasonings for his moves, right? Like he he went to Golden State because he says, "Well, I just want to win." Well, then you can't leave Golden State and claim that you just want to win because that's the place where you're going to do the most winning. And so, like, he's kind of in this weird spot. Like, I, I I'm, I'm almost at that point. I, I where, uh, a, as much as one can not feel envious of a hundred million dollar man, uh, I, I just, I feel almost bad for Katie because this, this whole experiment has, has, you know, it's resulted in winning and stuff, and that's, I guess, the point. But it's. It's really kind of ruined him the way he's seen around the league. I've never seen really a player receive this little amount of respect for how talented the guy is. He, in my opinion, makes cases for himself to be the best player in the NBA despite LeBron's presence. Like last year in the finals, he was far and away the best player on the court. Now he he might have been the best player on the court because the guys on his team allowed him to do that. Where you know compared to LeBron, but but he was and and yet we're here we are and uh it'd be interesting to see if if he does leave the warriors like do do people now all of a sudden forgive him for for not being a part of that kind of super team uh do does the do the lakers have to like can they only be so good before people start saying well katie just found another super team to jump to right and I, I just, it's its a really fascinating dynamic. How do you think that even goes over? I don't even know how it would be covered. I don't know how fans would even react to it.
1: I mean, I think it depends on the situation that he were to go to. I mean, if he went to Lakers, he'd be hated for different reasons. You know, like mm-hmm. the rest of the league would would be, you know, just the dislike of the Lakers over the years. That's, you know, something that... Late, you got, that the Lakers get or
0: draft guys like that they experience that regardless um could you could you imagine <laughs> poor OKC they hate the Lakers and they might <laughs> they might lose Paul George to the Lakers and then Durant becomes a Laker like, <laughs> they I, might you know
1: ultimately I think I think KD stays in goals. I think so too and this is this is what he signed up for right and like <clears throat> he's a great player he has a chance to finish his career right near the top of the all-time scoring list just the way he plays he's going to be getting buckets in his late 30s if he wants to be so he's going to be right up there near the top when it's all said and done Uh, he's one of the game's great scorers in history but again like if, if perception is first off it's so far it's it's often so far removed from reality when it comes to basketball in terms of narratives but as soon as he inked on the dotted line with golden state the whole like him winning MVPs or him being perceived as the leader like nah man that team was good without you Mm -hmm. they should have won back to back and they blew that 3-1 lead right but they were just fine they you know very arguably would have won the championship last year by keeping harrison barnes around instead of kd so again like he, he told us what was important to him a couple of years ago, and I'm going to continue to believe him until otherwise.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think things can change and things can evolve. Situations can evolve. Like he, I honestly don't think he's very happy with his choice. I, I just don't think the burner thing to me stands out. To That's the lamest thing I have ever seen an NBA player do, like by far.
1: But he's been he had been corny for years, man. It just goes well,
0: yeah. OKC, and no one was really paying attention. I mean, you got to be a special kind of corny to be that rich and have your hair look that bad at all times. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like uh, the 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 thing with you know, and, and and when I say the lamest thing that I've seen, like that's obviously not including illegal stuff. Like that's that's a well, s- yes. side thing all right. on all on its own. But like the the creating a burner account, like if you have something to say, just say it. Just, just come on. You have this account. Burn whoever you want to burn from the account. That's that's one of the cool things you get to do. Now, punching down is kind of lame in and of its own, but it looks so much worse when you create an account and then ask other NBA players to follow that account. Like that's <laughs> that's so bad. And then yeah, it
1: speaks to a good
0: deal of insecurity for sure. And and, and so what what I'm kind of watching here is is uh, how he handles success like does he does he take it as another opportunity to to throw up a middle finger at the at the doubters like there weren't any doubters that's part of the that's the problem with the decision that he made was that everybody knew how this was going to turn out he joined the best regular season team of all time and and added to that one of the best scores that the game has ever seen like of course it's working out well and you know, I I know he he knows what he signed up for in playing with Steph, but I don't think he quite understood how beloved Steph was going to be. Like when when KD goes on on scoring stretches like Steph does, you just kind of shrug. You're like, oh yeah, that's that's KD. But when Steph goes on any kind of scoring scoring stretch or or ignites a run for the Warriors, it just feels different. And Look, I, I, I think, frankly, for, for Durant's kind of all-time standing, I think he kind of needs to leave because otherwise he's always going to be the guy who took the easy way out, always, no matter how talented and, and, and no matter the achievement that he, he puts together. He's always going to be the guy who went to the team that knocked him out in a Game 7 a month before. But you you don't think he knew that when he made the decision in the first place? I I think he underestimated it. Yeah. I think he underestimated mm, yeah. I think he underestimated how popular Steph is out there. How popular even Draymond and Clay are out there. And and I think he thought that yes, he would probably be the second most popular player behind Steph, but I don't think he he quite understood the extent to which he was going to be behind. He is so far behind Steph, it's 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 almost sad to watch and and I think it's kind of driving him insane. Somebody yeah. as good as he is should be the most popular player on a team, period.
1: For sure. And I you know, I can't speak to his his mental state yeah. or anything, but you know what you're describing here is very similar to the dynamic it would be of LeBron feeling the ghost of Kobe's shoes, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I mean, LA is never going to embrace LeBron the way that Kobe was. And I'm not even sure LeBron cares about that. Like, to me, Le- LeBron, at some point, pr- probably after 2011, maybe a couple years even after that, um, within the last five years, kind of figured out who he was as a person, which is what a lot of people go through, famous or not, right, in their mid-20s to late-20s, figured out who he was as a person and is now really comfortable in his own skin in a way that I don't think Durant quite is. So maybe LeBron doesn't care. He's an industry beyond basketball. But if he comes to the Lakers, like, he's never going to
0: be Kobe. It doesn't matter what he does with the Lakers. And if he comes to the Lakers and doesn't win a title or doesn't get to the finals, I think that actively hurts him. Like, I think, look, Hmm. I, I think... He has the most to gain and the most to lose by coming to the Lakers. Like he can he can go to Philadelphia and he's a made man at that point. Whatever he does in Philadelphia, if he gets to finals or if he wins a ring in Philadelphia, that's cool. But it's Philadelphia. If he goes to if he comes out here to L.A. and doesn't win a title, all of the Kobe fans who are who are insistent that Kobe A belongs in the conversation with MJ and LeBron. Um, those guys are going to have even more ammunition to say, wait, Kobe could do it out here in L.A. Why can't LeBron? And and I think it'll be a, a <laughs> dubious point to make at best. Uh, there, there are a ton of other factors going on as to why LeBron might not win if he does come to L.A. Uh, but I think if he does come to L.A. and wins a title in Los Angeles, um, that that vaults him up to a place where I think Laker fans are going to hold him at a distance anyway, but like NBA fans and understanding how hard it is to, to take three separate teams and win championships as the best player on three separate organizations. Like that's insane. That's crazy. And, and doing so while the warriors exist would be even crazier.
1: Yeah. I think maybe the difference right is that the other guys still playing up in golden state, meaning that LeBron is not going to be playing or would not be playing alongside Kobe. Right. And even if Kobe was, Say LeBron was at that point the best player on the team, but Kobe was a close second. I think that's kind of the dynamic. I think KD's a better player than Steph is at this point. Um I think Steph's slowed down just a, a small tick. I th- still think he's a top three, top five guy in the NBA. But I think KD's a slightly better player. But even then, like when it's that close, Steph is still gonna get all of the love. You wouldn't see the same dynamic in L.A. because obviously Kobe wouldn't wouldn't be on the court. And, and again, I, I don't know how much LeBron would care about that sort of thing. But I do think that that's kind of a comparable dynamic to what KD's experience up in Golden State.
0: I, I also think we're underestimating how fickle fans can be. Like at one point Kobe was booed to start oh, the game yeah. and then I mean, got MVP chance at the end of it. <laughs> like. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> –
1: uh, and it's, that's the thing is I think that, you know, there's a decent contingent of Laker fans that are like, I don't want LeBron. And then, you know, like when he's doing, you know, closing out a playoff series, they, I think a decent portion of them would feel a little differently.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those, those wins winning, winning solves everything unless you're Kevin Durant and and you don't like being the fourth fiddle on your team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'll do it though for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. Uh, Pete, thanks for, thanks for hopping on and, and, not shouting me down too too crazily with that uh, with that KD to LA talk.
1: You know, God help me for saying this out loud, but actually, you're your craziness and and wacky conspiracy theories theories like i expected them way earlier on and i expected them to be way stronger so so far so good that is not a challenge
0: to you all right well um, i'm taking it as a challenge
1: i knew you would and that's why i said god help (laughs) myself for saying this but yeah so far this has been pretty tame although we're off the player reviews now and
0: scrounging for content so i'm sure i'll have to fend off your attacks soon enough All right. Well, that'll do it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Pete, for hopping on with me again, subscribe, rate and review on iTunes. Those questions come in. They, they help us create content for the show and also continue doing the show. Um, follow the show on, on Twitter at lit locked on Lakers, follow Pete on Twitter at Laker film room and, and subscribe to his YouTube channel to, as he continues to provide that kind of content, uh, find everything. We have all those posts up. I put all of the player reviews, although I think I missed Josh Hart, so I got to go back and and clean that up. But I put all of the player reviews in a post on Silver Screen and Roll. I think I'll go back and pin that to my profile in case you missed any of those. Those were fun. Uh, Have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.